0: Good morning. Welcome this Monday morning to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We have been studying and having our devotional time concerning the names and titles of God. And specifically right now we are on the name of Jesus and how that name was vested with all power and authority in heaven and on earth and even that which is underneath the earth. So that has been our discussion. Now, we want to do a parallel comparison. We've been talking about the name of Jesus, how it's used to bind the strong man and to spoil his goods. If you were to stop and consider the parallels of the Old Testament and the New Testament as to the Christian believer, as to what he is supposed to do and what he is supposed to accomplish, you can look at the nation of Israel, how it went into the promised land, Canaan, And how they conquered their enemies, how they spoiled them, how they were able to possess the land. Well, once again, through that, we find an example of the enemy being uh, spoiled, being bound, being uh, cast out, whatever word you want to use there. But also, if we do a comparison with David, now here is an example, Goliath basically being of the the seed and the descendants of Satan and uh David, of course, representing Christ because of the lineage of David that where Christ was born from, so let's look at the story in first Samuel chapter seventeen We'll start with verse four, and we'll just consider just some of the verses uh, time would not allow us to do the whole story, but let's look at some of the verses. And then consider this, that in the New Testament, we are told about the armor of God that we're supposed to put on in the book of Ephesians. Uh, In the book of 2 Corinthians, in chapter 10, verse 3 onward, we're told that we don't wrestle, we don't fight flesh and blood, we don't contend with it, but that we are supposed to use our weapons, which are mighty through God. They're His weapons, it's His armor, and uh, we're supposed to come back, an unseen enemy that has influence in this natural world. How do we know that? We see the evidence of his influence by the manifestation of the works of Satan in the lives of humanity. That is the visible evidence of something and someone invisible affecting and influencing both the world and the age in which we live in. So the story goes like this. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. So, First Samuel 17, verse 5. And he had a helmet. See, we're told to also put on a helmet from the armor of God. He had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of that coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. So basically, it was interlinked brass, kind of like a a chain, but all over his body to cover his chest area. That thing weighed 5,000 shekels of brass. That was the weight of it. So that would be the equivalent of his breastplate. It says he had gavs of brass upon his legs. So he had protection for his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. He had a small dart or a small sword, a small weapon right behind his, uh, what we would call today, uh, shoulder, bl- shoulder blades, uh, where he had it hidden. And that was one, one, one other weapon that he carried we are to take the sword of the spirit. But of course, we're going to find out that he also uh, has a sword. Uh, The scripture goes on to say uh, in verse number 7 of First Samuel 17, And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. So once again, The armor of God that is required for the believer to put on in his life and have on because he's always in constant warfare. There's not a day of rest. There literally is not a day of rest. The battle rages on. Jesus has won the war, but the skirmishes and the battles on this planet will continue until he returns back again. So he has his shield. And we are supposed to have our shield, the shield of faith, to quench the fiery darts that the enemy has in his back. Those that are hidden, those that we can't see, all of a sudden pop up and wind up attacking our lives. Then it says the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And the spearhead weighed the 600 shekels, now, you have to consider this. When you look at Ephesians chapter 8, chapter 6, verse 18, you don't see a spear mentioned, but yet when you look at the armor that the Roman soldier had on, Paul saw that he had a spear. Therefore, the spear is and are the different kinds of prayer. That a Christian can use with it could be intercession it could be supplication it could be petition it could be binding it could be loosening the spear is something that you cast at a distance you don't have to be present right there you can cast it whereas a sword you need to be in close proximity for the combat but in wrestling literally there is no space between you are contending with the enemy hand in hand. So we see the parallel of what the enemy has in an armor. Now you say, well, pastor, that was Goliath. But we're using a parallel here. Jesus said that the strong man in the book of Luke and in the book of Matthew and Mark, that he was armed. And not only was he armed, he trusted in that armor to save him. And that armor was his only defense, his only protection from whatever onslaughts that were thrown. Now, remember, he throws darts at our lives in the sense that he throws all these mental accusations and paints all these pictures and all these things. Well, David is going to throw not one dart, but one stone, one stone directed directly at his forehead, in an open area where the helmet was not protecting and covering. David on the other hand, we're going to see how he deals with Goliath just as we are to deal with Satan. Once again, the parallel. It says in verse 8 and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, "Why are ye come out to set your <clears throat> to set your battle in array Am not I a Philistine, and you are servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. And in verse 32 it says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Jesus was the servant, the Son of Man. He came as a Son of Man as a servant. So... We see in the scripture that David says to Saul, Your servant has kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and I smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and I smote him and slew him. So we see here that the devil goes about as a roaring lion, which Jesus dealt with. He also goes about as a bear. And, of course, David dealt with him also as Jesus dealt with uh, the devil. In dealing with the captain of their army, you basically have defeated the army by defeating the head. So that's exactly what David does. It says in verse 36, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, And David moreover said, The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor. And he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and he also armed him with a coat of mail. Notice, not God's armor, but someone else's armor. It's not going to work. And David girded about his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not yet proved it. He hadn't tested it. He, he didn't know how, how to use it yet. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them And David put them off of him and he took his staff, verse 40, in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag. And when he had even in a script and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Now, catch this. This is where the name of the Lord comes into play just like the name of Jesus for the church, just like the name of the Lord for the nation of Israel and for those that served the living God, this is how he dealt with them. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. Remember, the enemy trusted in his armor. The strong man trusted in his armor. He was armed And that's how he kept his goods. But another stronger than he comes. And he must bind him first. And I come unto thee in the name of the Lord. In the name of Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord of hosts, the God, the Elohim of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46, this day will the Lord deliver Thee into my hands, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give your carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47 And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword. Remember, the scripture says it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He sent on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit. And here is an example for the believer to follow the parallel. He says it's not by might or with sword or with spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So we do not walk in the flesh. And we do not war according or after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of the flesh. They're not even of this world. But they're mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds. Remember, the strong man's house was heavily guarded and was heavily kept, but you must first bind the strong man. You must know who He is to deal with Him. And knowing who He is is knowing what has already been bound in the heavens by the will of God so that we can bind those things here on earth. And having done that, then we can loose the things that have been loosed in heaven. We can loose them here on earth. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Remember, when the strong man armed keepeth his palace or his goods are in peace, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him, And overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted, and divideth his spoils. And in the case of David, he also took the head of Goliath, not just his armor. In fact, David took the sword of Goliath, and that sword was kept in the tabernacle. And then one day, he needed that sword, and it was given back to him, and he used that sword up until when he met another of Goliath's brothers. Now, the tactics had changed, and David needed the help of the rest of the body of his mighty men to help him out. So remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against rulers of the darkness of this world, and that means this age, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Consider the place that God has placed us in, seating us in heavenly places, far above the dominion and power and might of the enemy Until we meet again on Tuesday morning, the Lord richly bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.